Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Australia's, well, I don't actually know. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter where it is in Australia. Let's not worry about charts. Let's not worry about downloads. Let's just worry about having fun and sharing three men chatting about the world and the week in golf. It's always fun catching up with my colleagues, Magic Mike and Rocket Heron. They are waiting. Uh, they will want to come on after the music. So I'm about to play the music, which is brought to you by Brett Kingman. Brett Kingman produced this music some time ago. Uh, Brett Kimming, James Rain's guitarist, beautiful music producer from Mount Eliza. Let's listen to it. Gentlemen, good evening. There, I have something about the music, another little fun fact about the music. Uh, good evening, uh, hello, and uh, welcome back to this week's episode. It doesn't seem like more, more than a day that we last uh, recorded. The weeks are flying by. You know why the weeks are flying by for me, Rocket? Because it's... There you go. Why are the weeks flying by for me, Rocket? Because it's countdown to uh, you going to Scotland. Aye, lady. Aye, certainly is. You can see there's a little reminder. I've placed a little, you know, it's actually always there, but there it is. If you're watching the YouTube channel, and thanks for the, jeez, uh, we picked up another couple of subscribers this week, people that want to prefer to watch us rather than listen to us, but you can do both. That's all right. Um, there it is up there. There's the uh, open uh, blade head cover that sits up there, and I'll look at that. Um, I might have to get a new one. Um, I'm not sure that would have updated the design since then. It's pretty hard to update one of the most iconic designs in golf the yellow with the blue you know the yellow and the blue i can't wait uh, some good stuff happening might be a little round of golf day one um at loch lomond pretty excited about that and i can tell you guys are by the by the reaction thanks very much but um it's just unfolding and uh i can't wait uh, there'll be some days at the open some work up there it's all good so looking forward to that that's why the days and the weeks are scooting by rocket how was your week in golf uh young man Oh, it wasn't too bad. It was a bit of fun. You know, we've got plenty to talk about. Bit of bit of stuff on the telly, bit of stuff with the trio, you know, general chit-chat, call it around the virtual fire. Well, you'll remember the trio, I think you're referring to uh, the triplets. Uh, last week we had uh, a segment um, developed uh, around the triplets and, you know, them getting into golf, so we might talk about that. But it's a really important uh, topic and we'll talk about that when we talk about the triplets. Your boy... Your boy that you brought to this podcast world, one, you, know, you were up and about about that. That makes you very happy. The uh, Max Homer, what a legend he is. Um, do you think uh, you think he'd come on our podcast at any stage? You know, he goes on the no laying up, uh, you know, when he's in Bethesda at the bar celebrating the win. Wouldn't that be great? That'd be a dream, wouldn't it? I'm, I'm not going to bother him until after the majors. Yeah, fair enough. Then, yeah. then you'll hit him up. Then you'll hit Max Homer yeah, up and yeah, say, absolutely. Come on. Then, I'll, then, I'll, then I'll have a crack. Then I'll have a crack. I understand why he, go, he, he jumped on the no laying up one because – if there's one thing, he's a very humble, humble man, and he doesn't forget the people along the way that have been on the journey with him. And so for him, just being able to call in after a win, which has almost become a bit of a um, tradition, um, for him to do that, them expecting, oh, look, you know, maybe he won't come on, but for him to actually do it, like that just, that just, again, just 
shows the type of human that he is and why I absolutely love him. I've mentioned numerous times that I, I don't listen to a lot of other golf podcasts and I probably still don't, but there's a couple that I have listened to and you know, you've, you guys have got me on to uh, No Laying Up because it seems like I can't probably have a conversation unless I've listened to it. So the more I listen to, you know, I can't, don't ask me to remember the guy's name, Solly and DJ and Solly, DJ Pie, Tron, Tron, yeah, Big, um, Big Randy. Yeah, don't ask me to remember all their names, but the more I listen to it, the, the more I enjoy the banter. And and the more, I guess, you know, someone had to swipe at me for, for joking about, you know, I don't know why anyone listens to, you know, three grown men sitting around talking about golf, but the more I listen to them and enjoy it, the more I'm inspired to keep, you know, doing what we do and do more of it and do it and do it, not mess with the format. And um, just to give everyone, you know, an idea of what the format is for tonight, uh, sometime earlier on tonight, uh, we had a catch up with the Mental Mastery Clubhouse, some of the members there, Jamie and I had a Zoom with them, just preparing and planning some of the, the way forward with that membership, um, etc. cetera. Uh, I thought I'd put a message out to the team, hey guys, you know, let's develop the rundown for tonight. And, uh, you know, the format came back. Uh, one of the trio uh, replied, um, very simple and succinct uh, format for tonight. Mike, it was you that replied, and thank you. Um, the format is golf. So um, the, more I'm in, <laughs> the more I'm inspired to keep going with the format, and the format is golf. Uh, that is absolutely real. Um, that's what we're here to talk about. Mike, how are you? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Uh, look, I, was, with a I little... was flat, but I'm, I'm getting back to it. Tell us why you're flat, Magic Mike. Where's, where's the magic gone? The magic left probably around 5 a.m. on Monday morning when I woke up and saw Keegan was, I think, three over on the day and two or three back from Max through about six. And the magic was battling from there on out. So he had a great run. He gave me a very good run. I think for a while there I was hoping Max would just capitulate so not have a, a young and... Uh, Young and Keegan playoff, and then I'll be guaranteed lots of money. But um, no, Max was good. Max was line and length all week. Okay, so remind us uh, who the who you were on. Were you, you were on were you on Keegan? Yeah, yeah. So you're on Keegan, and Rocket and I were on the real Rory, the other Rory. No, he was, no, on, I was on Cam Young. Oh, you on Cam Young? Sorry, and I was on the real Rory, the other Rory. No, the other Rory. The other Rory. <laughs> uh, as you pointed out, Mike, on the Twitter, which you've taken taken over, um, the My Love Golf Twitter, you can follow us at Twitter, and Mike is going to start doing more of his uh, best creative work over there at Twitter. Um, you put a meme out, uh, and you, the meme was uh, basically directed at me um, when the other, Rory. The, other, the other Rory was sitting ahead of the real Rory, or the other Rory, one of the two. Um, uh, Rory Sabatini was ahead of Rory McIlroy after round one, was that correct? I think he was Rory. He's definitely ahead of him in round one. Yeah. So, and then, um, uh, yeah, Rory had uh, Rory, the other Rory, had a stinker round two. Yeah. Might have been ahead of him. Where round the two conditions or were pretty ordinary. So, yeah. we'll talk about uh, that in a second. Uh, what else will we talk about? We'll talk about, well, while you were probably getting up to watch the PGA Tour at 5 a.m., I was probably just not long in the hummock myself after watching. Uh, the DP World Tour. Um, not a lot of love. Not a lot of love for uh, for um, the Belfry. It brought a few people unstuck. There wasn't some great scores. There was some crappy weather and all that sort of thing. But um, not a lot of love for the Belfry. But uh, was there was there was there much love for the Thunder Bear? I think I love Thunder Bear. You love Thunder Bear. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Rocket, do you, you know you you were the one that introduced me to the name Thunder Bear. 
um, for the listeners that don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about the winner of the DP World Tour at uh, the Belfry, uh, the British Masters on the weekend. Um, I stayed up to watch the last round and caught the Thunder Bear, and I'm using rocketism here. He was he had already thrown up on himself numerous times, and then he stole the win from the jaws of defeat and uh, and picked up the trophy. Um, is there any love for the Thunder Bear from you, Rocket? Yeah, he's all right. He's all right. He obviously, you can't talk about Thorborn Olsen without knowing, and you know it was referred to. It's not us bringing it back up, but obviously, at his indiscretion on the aircraft, there it was obviously some stuff around that that was happening in his life at the time, and you know, wasn't his finest moment. But you know, he hasn't had a win for four or five years, maybe more, and um, to pick up that win, and he really tried hard to lose it. I don't know if you guys saw any of it, but he was. Uh, Held the, I think he held the lead going into the last day, and when I picked it up, he was just going backwards at a rapid rate of knots, just had a bogey, 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 and um, and then all of a sudden he got to the 17th hole, and probably his caddy maybe had a word in his ear. He was like three back. Uh, he finished eagle birdie the day before, and maybe his caddy had a word, maybe he had a word with himself. I don't know, but he's just gone and ripped off an eagle birdie finished to uh, take the win over um, Soderbergh. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was unbelievable because he, like, hadn't hit a fairway. He was hitting in the water. He was in the bunker. He was in fair – he was uh, – if you could imagine a, an implosion, that's what it looked like. And then he just went eagle birdie, drained 230 feet – 230 footers and and picked up the win. So it was great. Um I, I was banking that that wasn't going to happen and uh, Sebastian Soderberg was going to take the win. I was really barracking for Richie Ramsey. Richie, Richie Ramsey uh, had the lead. He pipes a little fade down the middle on 18. He pulls out a hybrid. Obviously, he wasn't that close. It was a little fade, faded fairway finder. Pulls out the hybrid and dumps it in the water on the last and then makes a bogey. It makes a double bogey and that's it. Um he could have, should have at least been in minus 10 and gone into a uh, playoff with uh, Olsen, had Olsen been able to, you know, um, get the finish that he did. But uh, Richie Ramsey, he was, um, there's, there's there's a lot of Scots up there. Richie Ramsey was up there. He finished at minus eight. Connor Simon finished at minus eight. There's plenty of other Scots in the mix. Um, your boys at No Laying Up said that uh, the Ryder Cup team in a few years will be fully all Scots. That'd be good. Probably. Probably said that. They said that's what that's what they heard when they were in Scotland. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Shockingly, (laughs) you might hear that again in in July um, from me. So uh, anyway, that's my download from uh, the DP World Tour, which uh, I stayed up for. You guys didn't. No, I watched a bit over the week, but not a lot. I did. I certainly wasn't staying up for the uh, the final round. I was yeah in bed, tucked up, ready to watch Keegan. Yeah. So, what happened when you watched Keegan? Um, Rocket said it well. I think day two and three were horrendous conditions. It was super wet. Um, the course was playing very well for how wet it was. It was um, lift clean and place, so that wasn't hurting anybody that could keep it in the fairway. And I think Stephen Britton's tip was someone was going to go close, needed to keep it in the fairway, and he did. Um, and he was best scorer of the day, round two and round three. So that shot him up to the lead, and he was leading by a couple. Um, went into the final round, as silly as it sounds, my biggest concern was the weather being better 
because I think he thrives on it being a bit bit ugly. Um, and yeah, when I woke up, he made a he'd made a poor double uh, on the par five early doors, maybe third hole, and then uh, he sort of fought back pretty well. And then um, pretty much what what was happening to a lot of people, if you got it off the fairway and into the rough, you're obviously not being able to pick it up and um, clean it, and you're just playing it as is. And uh, he and Max both missed the fairway on the right-hand side and not one of the long par fours. Max's was okay lie. Keegan's was a slightly worse lie. Um, and he had a water carry and basically went for the three-iron straight over the top, which is, a you know, for three-iron, you're thinking this is a 200-meter shot. Um, the only thing he couldn't do was hit the high fan right, and he hit the high fan right, and it went straight in the middle of the creek. So Max made an unbelievable par from a couple of yards up and that was the two shot swing or sorry three sh- or two shot swing should have been uh, a little bit less and then that to put the pressure back on on um keegan to keep chasing and he did well like he, he honestly did keep chasing the, the probably to finish t2 with the other guys was a bit stiff because um on the last hole he effectively needed to make birdie to force a playoff or give himself any chance drove it in the bunker on the right hand side and then um, as he was trying to hit out, just hit it a slightly thin, couple of grooves low, and ended up clipping the face of the bunk on the way out, and it was over. So by then he was, you know, generally trying to hole out, and then missed a part, and yeah, it was. I think he ended up making bogey on the last or double even, and and realistically that that cost him a fair bit of coin because it would have been solo second. Instead, he splits it with um, with two others, Young and uh, Matty Fitz. And Fitz Magic. Yeah. yeah. Now a couple of a couple of Keegan because Keegan did the same thing on eighteen. The day before, from the left trap, did he? Yeah, yeah. So he's in the left trap, and it clipped the bank. Gotcha. Yeah, he. he um, but he got up and down though. He played well. Look, he played really well, and I know there was a few people following and and following on um on Twitter and stuff posted pics from last week because he was something a bit different. I know Dion even had him in the one and done. I'm guessing that was because he listened to the show last week. Um, one of the listeners, um, and it was a good run, but um, nope. yeah. Disappointing. Mike, why did you pick Keegan Bradley? Remind us what the data lake told you and why you went with yeah. uh, the so Keegan. The data, I mean, the stats that I pulled in last week, there was five key stats that I liked, same as I did this week for, for um, the Byron Nelson. And when I do those, I basically filter those, um, or I weight those six stats as a percentage. And so I have 100, 100 points to spend and I pick, well, 20 points want to go to stroke scan approach and 15 points want to go to par five performance and whatever the stats were that week. And then that gives me a number down to two decimal points. And then I filter the field by that number. And that effectively tells me these are the guys of all the things you want to see in a player this week. These are the guys that are going to filter right towards the top, the lower number, the better. And um, Keegan was number one. I know and I wouldn't have picked Keegan. He wasn't even top of mind at all. Then when I cross-referenced how people have played at TPC Potomac, He'd had one start there, and when it was the um, Crickens, AT and T National. Right. Yeah, I was going to say uh, Kemper Open, but um, that wasn't one I was thinking of. And he had a fifth, so I thought that's good. And then his last two starts coming in were top tens, so that says to me he plays well at the course, he plays well coming in, and the data says to me that the stats that I want to see, he he should be towards the top. So all three lined up. So he had and he had a good week. And, and the worst part, not the worst part, but I think I sent you guys a screenshot. The person who was second on the list on the data lake was Cameron Young. Fourth was, 
I think Maddie Max. and oh, Max was fifth. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, they were all right there. It's just getting them, getting the right ones in the right spots. Rocket. Hello. What about you? So you had Cameron Young as the tip. Uh, I had Rory McIlroy, so at least he got me a little bit of money, but not enough to make a dent, No, nowhere near enough to make any uproads up the tree, and I'm just languishing. I've gone from – I feel like I'm in, you know, a yeah, car a car race, and I'm down, oh, to, oh. down, down to six cylinders from eight, and people are just going past me, but I'm still sort of – I'm still yes. sort of there – 33rd, you're mid, mid table, uh, which is not horrendous. I'm making game, a dent. I'm making a dent. I think I'm 14th. Yeah. You are. You're right up now. You're 13th. Yeah, so you've just well, snuck well. over 4 million. Leader, still the Shermanator on just over 7 mil. It's all about it's all about the middle season. Nomadic golfer, 5.6. <laughs> public golf, 5.4. No three putts, 5.23. Putt or die, five. Um, and I'm in the middle of you two, so I'm at 26th. Um, that cost me. So you you snuck a few. You probably got an extra 150 grand just from Keegan, um, not taking the solo second off you there, Rocket. So I would have been a little bit closer. But uh, yeah, so I did all, get there. Yeah. So my teepster, my teepster ones, I'm I'm getting there. Um, and then um, I had a bit of I had a few shekels on on Cam Young as well. So I wasn't yep. I wasn't disappointed with how he was slowly making his way up the way up the ladder. No, well, he and got then, you. He got you 680k this week, and Keegan obviously gets 680. Oh, I wish he got me 680k from the betting. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> but if, if if Keegan doesn't make that bogey on 18, he probably only gets 400, and Keegan gets probably close to 900. So it's a yeah. big swing. Yeah. And the only person in, in the tipping uh, we should point out that had Max Homer, only one person. Who was that? Really? It was bogeys to birdies. Oh, Phil. Well done, Phil. Uh, congratulations to Phil, too. He's, he's Phil, um, Phil down at St. Andrews. St. Andrews. St. Andrews Beach. If you're down there and uh, see Phil, um, tell him uh, my love of golf sent you. Uh, it might make you a you know, free, free cappuccino or something like that. But um, <laughs> Phil, Phil just picked up a new set of Strix and ZX7s. Uh, they, are played mm, by nice. very, they are played by very good golfers, including uh, Shane Lowry, um, probably uh, GMAC and uh, Arflan, uh, all playing uh, ZX7 Strixons. Um Maybe a, maybe another set of irons coming into um, the Arflans bag, uh, Mike. I might be swinging for a little testy, testy uh, your way to your side of the fence. My side of the fence. Yeah, the Callaway side of the fence. Yeah, nice. Yeah, might be putting. Might be just. Uh, you know, I'm going to sample from a few different menus, and uh, and Callaway are the first cab off the rank. Um, I like it. Yeah, set of TCBs. Set of Minwoo Minwoo Lee TCBs, and uh, a couple of Mac Daddy uh, wedges, and um, maybe even getting a sneaky look at something that's very hard to get—the Ultimate Wood. Those, um, once again, I heard the, <laughs> I heard your boys Rocket talking about the Ultimate Wood in their podcast, and I thought they were really hard for us to get. And uh, anyway, I might I might I might try and find one of them. Uh, anyway, um, that's enough of my clubs. Rocket, Max Homer. Can't hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now, gangster. Uh, Max Homer, how big is your love of Max Homer? Wow, it's it's in the it's in the Brooks Colin. Well, it's in that it's in that realm. I, I would test test that to say that he's usurped uh, the Brooks. Has he? 
Has he usurped Brooks as the number one in the Rocket fanboy isms? Look, if someone said the 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 if you lined him up and the last thing was okay, you love them, you're all equal. Who's the one person you'd want to sit down and share a pizza and have a beer with around a fire? Max wins every day of the week. Hmm. Every day of the week. Every day of the week. Like I have, and you've heard me talk about him for a very, very, very long time. And the thing that makes him a fan favourite is the fact that he shares so much of his story. He's so open about what he does and it's emotional and it's funny and you get to, it's one of the first times you would got to hear about the ups and downs of a tour player, the, 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 the mental battles, the game battles, all these other things. Um, and I've watched, I've listened to every podcast that he's probably ever been on. I've listened to every interview that he's probably ever done that's available on YouTube. And likewise for his um, caddy and best mate, um, Joe Griner as well. So like, yeah, the, the love's, the love is strong. The love is strong. Yeah, I like the way you uh, phrase that. You know, who would you want to sit down and have a chat and a beer with, and uh, just hang out for a while? Had you have that opportunity, and uh, yeah, I, I, out of your, you know, the guys that you hold in the highest regard, um, I would agree. Yeah, he's he's certainly grown on me, and and you know, it's much like um, who's the young boy? Cameron is it Cameron Young? Yeah, no, yep. no, not he's Max Homer's probably nothing like Cameron Young. I don't know much about Cameron Young, and that's the point. You know, two years ago, you were the first one probably in Australia that probably mentioned the name Max Homer on any podcast. And I'd never heard of Max Homer but then. Like I've, I'd never heard of Cameron Young and, you know, he's rocketed into what, 38th in the world or something like that. And, you know, you, you sent actually, out his. Oh, actually, I think there's a podcast I talked about Cameron Young around about the time Will Zalatoris was jumped on yeah, the scene. Exactly right. They uh, went to Wake Forest together. So once again, your prowess for, you know, picking talent, uh, is is um, comes to the fore. Um, if anyone out there in the states, um, you know, at a college, you know, needs a talent picker, just just call Rocket. Um, he's available. Or or, or any any uh, you know budding um, managers and stuff like that looking for talent to to go and target. Just uh, you know, DM me. Yeah, look. DM me and I'll broker the management deals on Rocket's talent fees. But anyway, oh, yeah, we'll get your people to speak to their people yeah, and then exactly. speak to my people. <laughs> Please. This network's got to be, you know, return some dividend and I'm going to ride your, <laughs> horse, going to ride your horse on that, Rocket. Um, yeah, Cameron Young. What, so tell, talk to us, you know, a little bit about that Cameron Young journey because he was your tip. Uh, tell, talk, talk to us through Cameron Young for those that like me that don't know a lot about him. I'll talk about Cameron Young and then come back to Max. Yeah, he can talk. Cool. You, you can talk. You can talk whatever you want. Well, see, Cam. So there's a there's a number of there's there's almost like these two parallels where you've got the ones that have exploded onto the scene, and these other ones that have come. They've turned professional and they've had to grind their way up because there's certain parts of their game that just weren't quite they weren't quite ready yet. Um, and Will Zalatoris is one of those, right? So. As everyone knows, his putting is terrible. Like he got it to the point where it was just that little bit better, which meant he was able to make enough money to make his way onto the PGA Tour and get off the Corn Ferry, right? 
Cam Young is a little bit the same way. So as a ball striker, he's he's really good. He's very long, a little bit wild. And it's just little things around, you know, wedge game and putting and, and making that a bit more consistent. And then so he's been toiling away on the Corn Ferry and made it to the top 25 after a pretty good season last year. And his form since he's been full-time on the PGA Tour in this, which is this season, has been actually exceptional. I think he's had a couple of seconds. Um, oh, yeah, it's something like five or six top 10 finishes. Uh, and he's kind of putting himself in that position where he's just contending all the time and on lots of different sort of courses. If you actually look over the, um, the history for the last sort of six, 12 months, so he he again is another one of those ones where if he it's like it's like he doesn't have a lot of flaws. There's certain things to just improve little improvements which would then put him in position to be contending more and more. So it would not be it would not be going out on a limb to say the expe- expectation is possibly for him to chalk up his first win this year. You know the He's already been in the mix a lot. And if he just keeps doing that week in, week out, at some point the door he's going to kick the door down. It just once again, and you've again talked about this at length, the the depth and breadth of talent that does exist there in the Corn Ferry and how many good golfers are there that that had a, a few more things gone right for them or, or had they had more opportunities to progress up the way and maybe if things were different, I don't know, you know, is that a topic of conversation? You know, does the, the promotion relegation system, does that work? Is it is it too stacked towards, you know, the incumbents in that top 125 and makes it easier for the people who haven't really performed that well to stay there and harder for the guys below when the, when the depth of talent below should be getting, getting the opportunity above? The way the system is designed is to protect the old guard and the ones that already have their cards. And that is evidenced by you have the PGA Tour, which basically flood 52 weeks of the year in, in a calendar, and you don't get fields that are significant. And so you just get junk and old guards that just get, you know, gifted starts because, I don't know, they made 250 cuts or they, you know, picked up Jay Monaghan's drink when he dropped it. I, I don't know, just weird stuff versus elevating the potentially the, you know, you got, if you take the, the Mexico event last week, you had John Rahm and then no one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was a perfect opportunity where it would be, hey, Corn Ferry, here's, here's an opportunity for your top 10 players to come up get an automatic start in an event like that and chance your luck. The problem is though, is that the system isn't built to say, if you get elevated up into there, any money carries no weight back on the corn ferry. So it's actually can hinder you Mm. if they did it like that. You know, like for example, they used to have a corn ferry event during the U S open. And if you finished, made a cut and made some money in the US Open, it counts, counted nothing towards what happened on the Corn Ferry, which is just dumb. Right? And this is the thing. The system should actually have a little bit of little bit of flex because, you know, as we see, and I know Mike's talked a lot about this in terms of certain players that do get hot because something, there's one part of their game that 
if they get that right and they, they can ride away for a few weeks, right, whether it be putting or ball striking or accuracy or wedge game and things like that. So that's that's kind of across the board with every player. So why why not have something like this? Because it provides an extra level of intrigue and interest and a story to be told on the PGA Tour. And this is, you know, it provides interest. Like you go all the way back to John Daly in the 91 PGA. Like what, what, a, what a story that was. Why not have the opportunity every week that a certain number of players that might have performed the week before get an automatic start in certain fields because there's no depth. Yeah. I think, I think you yeah, everything you said, I agree with. I think that there's a way to make it work. Like obviously the, the purses in the PGA tour massively outweigh corn Ferry. So not, maybe not dollar for dollar, but maybe you say, okay, if you go up and you make the cut, you get whatever you earn, you earn a hundred grand, you get 25 grand, you get a quarter of that added to your, your prize total. Or it's the, the Ferry rank, tour. right? So if you yeah. finish 25th, whatever 25th dollar yep. wise is, on the yeah. corn ferry, that's what you get. It's what yeah. qualifies you, or something like that. Yeah, it's it's record. it's recognizing that you've done well against a better field, giving them something. Because, like you said, I remember that that was there was it might have been even um, Zalatoris who finished. He finished top ten at the finished sixth at U.S. Open. U.S. Open, the one Bryson won. Yep, and not one dollar of that went towards him getting no. his card. Now it didn't no. matter; he was going to get his card anyway. But that's just nuts. That yeah. you can be performing that highly and that doesn't help you at all. Yeah, there was I think there was a story. There was another guy, I think the year before, qualified for the US Open. There was a Corn Ferry Tour event that week, played the US Open, made the cut. I think he finished like 30, 30th or something like that. And he missed his card by like two thousand bucks. Yeah, it's nuts. And I'm sure that I can remember remember times, many times. When corn ferry or secondary tour players have got starts on a PGA tour event and waited up and gone, well, to get yeah. there, the cost to go, risk not getting a cent versus I'm already here prep for this, cost to be here is a lot lower. Uh, I'll just stay here, not do it. That that's disappointing. Yeah, and and they and they're just trying to secure. They're actually trying to secure their card for the long term. Yeah, so they're correct. looking at the. Instead of just going, I'm going to take my opportunity hmm. and have at least there's a bit of risk it, but there's a bit of re, you know it's like a balancing act between yeah. the two. You know the game's already hard enough it is as it is. You know they don't need to make it like it's life and death, but you know they're looking at the long term. Going, I need to be able to secure my card, finish in the top 25, so I can pick my schedule for next year. Versus, I'm just going to risk it this week and you know probably cost yourself being able to make a good start for next year which could then put you back on the corn ferry again right so yeah. it's like a i'd hate to be making that decision well i yeah that's the reason probably why you know the, the thought came into my head it's it's part of that whole you know discussion around the pga tour and you know they're really and you wanted to talk about max so maybe we'll talk about max before i sort of go down this max is a perfect example of this yeah. sort of stuff yeah. grinding his way through for years and years and years and years and potentially could have you know there were times when you know, he didn't earn sort of a start, but then, you know, there, there were times when he had sort of form, but it was a battle and he probably could have been elevated at certain points to get starts, but you, know, you make decisions to try and make sure you secure your stuff for the long term. Uh, for any uh, young golfers that are aspiring professional golfers, you know, you could do worse than to have, um, you know, take a few leaves out of Max Homer's book, both 
playing-wise, but also for the stuff around it, as Rocket alluded to before, you know, his accessibility, uh, his entertainment factor, and the way that he does approach... His mental approach. His mental approach, you know, his game. You know, and there's no... There's no it's without, um, with good reason that he's now, like, Titleist's top two or three, you know, pin-up boys for, for all of their promotional yep. material. Um, MasterCard as well. Like, he's he's picking up sponsors because, one, he plays good golf, but at the same time he's actually a really engaging individual and what you see is what you get. Yeah. And even though I talk about the mental side of it, um, he admits where his flaws are and what he's working on and stuff like that, and it's just – and to hear him talk about that journey is is quite um, – I, I love it because you don't get it from most of the other players on tour and that makes for – you know, I watch an interview and I get bored. And, and without sounding like a broken record on this topic, but, you know, the no-lay – you know, keep talking about the no-laying out guys, this is the rehash of what they said because, you know, for me it's always interesting now that I do listen to a couple of others to hear what they're thinking and to hear what we've sort of talked about off-air – and, you know, they were quite critical on the PGA Tour and, and you know, talking about the the Saudi golf influence and then the, the, you know, the Live Golf and then the PGL and all of that. And, you know, they were very critical of the PGA Tour uh, how they'd just been stagnant and stagnating with talent like Max Homer over the journey and just letting it just take its course. And it's no wonder that eyeballs, you know, going over the fence to, to look at those because these guys want money and they want to make a living, all that sort of thing. Forget the political side of it for the moment, but just more about the PGA Tour, how they've just, you know, you've been a quite vocal on the PGA Tour, but it's just another example, uh, that Max Homer story, how, um, you know, the PGA Tour needs more more Max Homers, basically. The, the, the PGA Tour are, are pretty much like, the Howard government, they wasted, you know, Howard government wasted the mining boom, property boom, everything like that. We've got nothing to show for it. PGA Tour wasted the tiger boom. We've really got nothing to show for it. There's lots of talented players, but in terms of an actual product and where something where, which you've built for that next evolution and being able to create a significant product, there's nothing there. Like it really doesn't stand on its own feet versus, you know, oh, I don't even know what podcast I was listening to when they took, made this made this great comment when they talk about the most popular sports um, have the least amount of games. They actually have scarcity. Hmm. PGA Tour, you know, baseball. Why is baseball struggling? 162 games. Oh, and it's freaking long. I love baseball, but not that much. Hmm. Uh, so you can't help me. I, I love baseball, so I'm, I'm not. That's it. But the thing is, though, you, there's a. The, the, but the thing is that there, the, for for a game that used to be America's game, it's not anymore because they have not evolved and ca- yeah, continue to capture other markets, right? And yeah. then PGA Tour, they saturate saturate the, you know, with the same like crap, fifty two weeks of the year. Outside of the majors and some of the big events, it's just garbage. And so, you know, like Mike and I talked about this, I don't know, what, a month ago when we said, you know, Mike was talking about the, you know, instead of these rubbish fall seasons, why don't you play in other continents, like two events in Australia, a couple in Japan, all this sort of stuff. So all of a sudden you're taking it to a different part of the world, beamed in a different time zone because TV is still the, the biggest driver of revenue, 
So you would have had more eyeballs, um, different players, certain players would go become be, be more world-like players and you bring the game and you, the PGA Tour becomes its own pseudo world tour and this all this other stuff just it wouldn't have even existed. Yeah. If, I think if that's they had where half we, a brain. I think that's where the PGA Tour gets stuck because like if you think about the reasons why it's not bigger and why it's not global. I mean the guys that are there the, the biggest question is money, right? Money was the thing that will drive those things internationally. Now they've got money. But if you put all the money in the world for guys to come and play in Australia, say so you had a, a, two events in one in New Zealand, one in Australia the next next season, and it was equal prize money to Wells Fargo this week, I can tell you now you're still not going to get the field because you, the you might get the same game. field, but you may get a different field again. You might, but you're not going to get you're not going to get top liners because a lot of them are going to be like, you know what, I, I don't need to go there. I only want to play twenty times this year. They're in America, and that's why they've added in that thing around having to play a new event each year and, and mix it up. But without bagging one of your buddies who you don't love anymore, Phil Mickelson, like I remember laughing years ago whether he actually had a passport because he would never go anywhere. No, like, he, he just never went anywhere. No, he never did. And no. Tiger did. He got paid to go, but he went. And players did travel around for moons before that. Yeah. But there was that period there where they made so much money in the States yes. and our key season was their Thanksgiving they're not getting on a plane to come to the other side no. of the world. No, and the, and that's true, right? But then again, it's a if you think about the players that play on the PGA Tour, there's a heap that do not have any affiliation with being an American. There's lots of Europeans that potentially would have been coming down here. You think about oh, Rory, Rory and others, right? So it's like you may not get all of them, but you might get some of them. Yeah. And and as we and this is the other thing that goes back to oh, I still think back to the shark. Yeah, you know, all the really top players would at maximum play. They play the minimum in the US, which is fifteen, and they might play another three, four, um, around the world. So you're looking at eighteen. Maybe they push it and do twenty. So twenty events, and and there's thirty two. Yeah, there's fifty two weeks in a year. Like the window to You've got your concentrated events where you're trying to get all your top ones. And then outside of that, that's where you need to start to get creative. And they didn't. They just went with straight. Just, yeah. You know. No, look, and the top guys have obviously got Ryder Cup one year, President's Cup the year after. Yeah. Adding Christmas break and yeah. you know, bits and pieces, it does make it difficult. But without skipping forward to the next topic or a topic that we would talk about, which was on the run sheet as golf, I will point out, Ross. Um, <laughs> Sorry. That, the, the future of... The future of the of the of the any sort of world golf league and whether it is the Saudi money or whatever it is, that is going to be the best opportunity for us to see big name players in Australia, because the PGA Tour is not going to have an event here. They're not. And if the Saudi stuff goes ahead and more players tip over there in say two to three years' time because the money's there, there's a chance there'll be an event here. And if it goes the other way, and the PGA Tour ties in heavily with the Euro Tour. Then there's a chance going back to where we were before. What you just said, Rocket, in that having a co-sanctioned event in Australia, or doing something different. But again, it'll be middle of November, start of December, and what who we get might be tricky. But um, that's the only chance of forward-looking of, of us getting bigger stuff here. Otherwise, you know, it's probably the one thing that I find like I love knowing knowing up guys, and I love listening to a lot of podcasts out of the states. 
but they do have a very different lens to us and or definitely yeah. to me because they talk about stuff and they are so smart and they and and their knowledge on what's happening and the behind the scenes they can't even talk about is so far ahead of what we know but at the same time they live in a country where there's golf on every week and they live in a country where probably in their hometown they will have at least one event there every single year and if there's not if they live in florida those boys they've got probably three or four if you were in texas you got yeah, six they're, they're in driving distance of That's five it. we <clears> get they're only got south, south carolina they can drive so they can yep. drive to hilton head yep not too much and, of a hike to get to even Augusta. Exactly. You got and you got three majors in your country every year. Yeah. Now we get the president's cup. We've got two of them coming in the next twenty years. That's mm. it. So it's not the same view because their understanding and what they want to see is, is is true and 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 right in how they want to see their game grow and grow in the game and everything else. Hundred percent, no disagreement. And and we don't have a and we don't have a big tour, right? And this no. is no. And and I've even, you know. PGA Australia and Golf Australia again. I, I think they wasted the shark because yeah. the opportunity at the time, when you think about Asian tour, Jap- Japanese tour, and stuff like that, the opportunity for Australia to become that leader in that Asia Pacific and yeah. try and create a, a tour that way and tap into a completely different market that, that was missed. Yeah, and look, and to be honest, they probably did start looking at that. Five years ago, when they started doing the co-sanctioned it's Euro too stuff, late, but though. COVID's put a pin in all of that. That's yeah, not happening. Five years ago, the horse had already bolted because half, mm. you know, there was already a heap of Asian tour events that were co-sanctioned in in um, in, in Asia, stuff. and yep. then you had I think one or you had the like the Zozo and CJ Cup yep. in South Korea. So the PGA the Tour had already muscled in on them. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. So you know, it's where Australia could have been. Australian tour could have probably solidified its foundation by tapping into these untapped markets. Mm. You know, they missed the boat. Yeah, it, and look, it is it is hard because we are in the middle of nowhere, and uh, yeah. we all understand that. But I think for the future of golf in places outside of the US, um, they have to have some sort of strategy on how they're going to do that because, yep. it, yeah, is no future. Is the DP World Tour now the one that's under the most amount of pressure? You know, you've seen the uh, live yep. the live um, event schedule, and they're going directly up against some of the yeah. second tier, you know, not second tier, but you know, some of the the lower PGA Tour events. So trying to obviously pull some people across there. But you know, the DP World Tour doesn't seem to have the money. And uh, you know, if you're on the DP no. World Tour now, and you know, you've got some events that you can go and play at. COVID, yeah. COVID took their money, so there's yeah. no money. Yeah. And that's why the, the, the PGA Tour got to come in and, and basically become a partner. And the talkies, I think it might have been nothing. I know we talked about it 10,000 times today, but it was someone who was talking about the fact that next year, no, it was the article in, in Golf um, Digest, talked about that next year the talkies, they're going to expand that partnership because right now it's only the Scottish Open hmm. uh, and the there's a couple of co-sanctioned it's ones in the US. The Irish, Irish will be tipped into money. So there's going to be more and this and that. And that doesn't help that doesn't help the rest of the world. That helps the PGA tour become bigger, which is great. Cool. Good luck for them. They'll have more events in Europe. Will that help the European tour? No. The European tour will not exist. And if it goes the opposite direction and they don't expand that and the Saudi stuff kicks off, I likened it, I was thinking about it when after I read that article. Imagine the Australian Open this year comes up, which it is, I think it's scheduled for the the one that's um, co-sanctioned with the um, 
the women's and the men's playing at the same time, right? Australian Open. First week, first week of December or thereabouts. First yep. week of December, right? We're all excited, right? Yeah. Now imagine that the event comes around and the top-line players, and I'm not putting a slight on these players in any way, shape or form, uh, Louis Dobler and Jed Morgan on the men's side, and then um, a couple of the of the girls on the on the uh, on on the on the women's side. We will go. We will get involved and watch it. How do you think the golfing public in Australia will get involved in that outside of the diehards? Yeah, no one won't. And that's what the European tour will be if the Saudi one kicks off, because Poulter won't be there. Westwood won't be there. Bland's already said he's gone. Um, Sergio, Sergio's come out. Sergio's come out. They're all gone. So if you're having an event in Spain or Italy or somewhere and it's on the Euro Tour, why are they getting out of bed to go and play that? So all of a sudden you lose the cream of the of the tour. And, and you've already got Rahm and McElroy who have basically based themselves in the US. Yeah. Tyrrell's doing the same thing as well. He's sort of straddling sort of both sides of the, the water. Yeah. And then you're only left with um the um oh the, the who are the boys, the the, the brothers? Hoyguards. Yeah, that's it. Yep. And and over and above that, the other really good point the article made, and if, if people haven't read it, the Golf Digest one we retweeted it. It is a good article. Sponsorship. So yeah. again, if, if I'm if I'm BMW and I'm sponsoring an event in Europe and I'm sponsoring that because I know I've got access to these players and and this much um advertising, whatever else. PGA championship at Wentworth, BMW, PM, PGA yep. championship at Wentworth. So now next all of a sudden year, you're not getting this if you don't start getting the strongest field, no chance. Right. It's so like gonna, they're going to pay half go, or they're going to pay nothing. Uh, Correct. Yeah, exactly. So, so all of a sudden, instead of paying like $10 million for or whatever it is they're paying, yeah. they might go, sorry, we're not getting the eyeballs. One, we're yeah. not getting the eyeballs and we're not getting access to the players. Yeah. If you, so, want, if you want us to continue, well, yeah. that 10's now uh, seven. Yeah. So the, the, the long answer there, Ross, is the Euro Tour is in massive trouble, in my opinion, not just from the Saudi part because – even if that doesn't get up, they're just going to get swallowed up by the PGA Tour. I mean, they've already got one seat on the board or two seats on the board. There's Yeah. yeah. And, and then the problem is that they don't have the next generation. I don't know what's happened over there, um, not not just in the UK, um, but also in other – there's some of the other regions of, you know, they've got talent popping up, but there's just not enough, we'll call it European talent, coming through where you just go, Wow. There's some, mm. but it's it's not. Whether they, they all go to, to play college. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. There might be the next generation of European ones are actually the ones, like you see Victor Hovland is one of the first ones coming yeah. through. Um, so there's, there's another one that spends his time in the US tour. So yeah. it's it's not so much the, the European talent is there. It's just that they will not be playing in Europe. Exactly. And yeah. And why would you? It's just, yeah. Yeah. Well, especially when you think, you know, you're in the US, you really, you, you go east or west, you're only flying a couple of hours. You're not having to worry about different language, you know, all these other things where if you want to be culturally diverse, you know, playing through Europe would be probably an awesome thing to do. 
But if you just want consistency, think about a professional golfer, they want consistency. They're trying to you know, remove as many variables as humanly possible. So if you're in the US, it's English speaking, and it's like you're only a couple of hours, the courses are set up pretty much the sim- are pretty similar. Um, you're probably playing in better weather conditions most of the time. So why not? And big purses. Here's a quiz. Now we know that the British Masters was this week. Betfred Masters, the sponsor, um, uh, not sponsored by um, Danny Willett as uh, as the leading man. What was first prize? Now, right now, we don't think there's a problem in the Euro Tour. We know that we know there's a problem, but are you, what, what was? Do you want what, it in euros or in? in I wanted in US, US dollars. dollars. Uh, I reckon it would be one point five. No, no, and the first prize this is. Yep, yep. And what what would you say, Ross? And don't look it up. I can see you looking it up, Ross. Yeah, I no, I video. thought I knew it, but now you've thrown me a loop. I know the answer because I'm looking at it. It was, it was only like 250000 or something, wasn't it? It's in USD, it's 360000 yeah. US dollars. Oh, yeah. my God. And first prize on the – how much did Max Homer get? Oh, I think, he's, I think he nearly got two. 1.6. Oh, my so God. That is the, that is the difference – in what these guys are getting out of it for. Now that's first place. So, so, alone. so hang on. So where does 300 grand, what oh, position, what position at Wells Fargo for 300? Nearly the exact same dollar amount in USD is a T5. Oh and T5 God. was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The other Rory. Rory, yeah, correct. Rory McElroy finished T5 in the US for the same amount of money that a Thunder Bear got to win the the British Masters. Jeez. I wonder what first place in the Corn Ferry then is. I can look it up for you. Oh, it's ridiculous though. Like a hundred. Isn't it like a hundred? Masters. hundred grand or something like that. 120 grand or something like that. The British Masters. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the total price purse at the Belfry uh, British Masters, uh, Brett Fred, brought to you by Danny Willett. Uh, was 1.85 million euro. Yeah, that's bad. There you that's go. Really, that's really bad. So there's a few people that have, I think, asking for, and the the, the word is that um, PJ Tour are you know, trying to put some legals around uh, all of that, um, people wanting to go and seek releases to go and play in these events. Um, I'm sure there's more going to come on that as we, you know, get down the weeks. Um yeah, but uh, you know, this um, it's an in- interesting, interesting time. You know, this is all about growing the game, Rocket. We've spent a lot of time talking about the upper echelons of the uh, the sport, which obviously a lot of people are invested in. We spend a good chunk of every week talking about golf, and it's always around this. Um, you know, we haven't talked about Sergio and his advisors. They've got some more they've been doing back into into overdrive, you know, like reportedly uh, his comments they around. Are, they are back on retainer. <laughs> They're back on retainer. I they, can't. They, he's been, they, have been, <laughs> they have been recalled from um, Mickelson, Team Mickelson. Um, you know, he's probably lucky that uh, JT is probably using Tiger's advisors now to sort of do a bit of, you know, character washing on the way through so he's had a few um advisors on 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 uh, on call and Do it's going to be interesting to see what happens because he's he, he's done a really solid job for the last rebuilding rebuilding 
you know, becoming a pseudo Texan with the beard and the and the and the and the shades. Errors. And um, do you think that it's known that he he wants to go and? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm pulling, clutching at straws, and trying to make something out of probably nothing. But you know, the whole him losing the ball and and being, you know, called on it when clearly it was a a wrong decision by the um, referee to start the clock before Sergio was around on the other side of the hazard to start looking for his ball. Which you know, of course, his clock starts when he starts looking for the ball. Mm. Um, you know, do you think he he was copying an unnecessarily hard time because, you know, I just think the referee buggered up. Look, the referee buggered up, but yeah, you know, you, you, it's, you've got two decisions in life when you get dealt an absolute lemon. You can either accept it for what it is and try and get on with business, and you know, go look, that was wrong, you know, or challenge it and move on, or you can just act like a complete twat. Yeah. And look, we know that Sergio just has that inner twat in him, and it just came out. <laughs> yeah. It's always going to be there, you know. You, there's only it's, it's only so much of the veneer that you can put on, you know, and it's going to break out and it just broke out because I reckon <laughs> and, and he's thinking about, you know, he's thinking about, I can't wait to get to London in June. And there's no cash. There's no, I mean, the, the epitome of the problem with it was, was, yep. You want to argue the toss of the coin. Cool. What has that possibly got to you to do with you pointing out to this bloke who's made the call that you can't wait to leave and it's only too much. Like that, just to bring that up is just ridiculous. And to There's act like that relevant. to a rules official, it's like, yeah. you know, Silly. anyone in any sport that acts like that to any rules official, regardless of how good or poor the decision is, or, mm. you know, like it just, it, it really, it really annoys me. And, and the reason it annoys me is because that sort of stuff permeates its way down through sports. We talk about all other different ball sports and stuff like that, and it permeates its way through life. You know, one of both of my daughters have gone through working. I call it that. They have, they have learned customer service and being able to deal with a lot of crap because they worked at Hungry. Both of them started out working at Hungry Jacks. And there are some real tip rats that come through that drive-thru and hurl all sorts of abuse because they didn't get their fries. And so, you know, it permeates its way through life is that if something goes wrong, there's no need to be an absolute just twat about it. And you think about the other person on the other end and the impact that you're going to have on their, their life or their day, right? Not everyone is having a sparkling day. Who knows what? is going on in that person's life and that why they made an incorrect decision. They might be dealing with a heap of stuff that you have no idea about. There's no need to be an absolute, I really want to swear a lot right now, but I can't. You can do it if you like. Well, just uh, I don't, the, uh, I don't want to. I, I really do because the, those sort of people, people like Sergio and people like that in sport, really, they really give me the, Irrits is the word you're looking for, Rocket. I was going to say irrits too. Irrits, yeah. there you go. No, no, it's not um, irrits. That's not my word. Well, we won't we won't start swearing now. We've done 180 episodes. No, no, no. Episode. I've, I've, I've been able to stay restrained and everyone knows exactly what I want to say and I think I've said my piece. I think if you, re- if you really want to know what Rocket, uh, how he feels, you know, you just have to turn over to the YouTube uh, uh, yeah. and watch. Um, <laughs> just I was going to say, sorry, just before no, you say on. what you're about to say. Uh, first price on Corn Ferry this week was 130k US, which was good enough to beat. Uh, that was better than what third got at the British Masters. There you go. 
100, I said 125. Yeah, I was all right. Yep. Uh, but, but even even the corn ferry, that's just that's just. Yeah, can, actually, that, let's go another yeah. one. What about the women's? <laughs> yeah, did they play this week? Oh, actually, no, I, no, I don't think they did. No, mm. no. But yeah, prize prize money is imbalanced in a lot of different places. Yeah. And oh, once again, with the women, I put it challenge the marketing departments of the big organisations who are spending their marketing budget and and just handing it over to the PGA Tour to give to the men. The marketing team should be saying, hey, let's pull some of this out and let's put it over here because this is a great sport, great players, a great product where people have got genuine interest in it. Easy for me to say, but the marketing departments, believing too much of the PGA Tour spin about eyeballs, let's put it over there. And Anyway, easy to say, but um, you know, don't let's last, start arguing. Last about. event, Marina Alex got 225. USD, so that's about two thirds of what Thunder Bear got this week mm. for the LPGA. Australian event uh, that's coming at the end of the year, equal prize money. That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Props to the Golf Australia for for doing that part of of getting this event down here and, and being part of it and making sure that, that continues. You know, they've started that with the the Vic Open. Um, so anyway, enough on that. Um, Australian Tour uh, wrapped up. This week uh, with the NT Open, NT yeah, uh, it was won by Austin Batista. Now Austin Batista is, um, I think, is originally American, a young American boy, um, who then came across here as a young man and uh, played uh, junior golf and made his way across here, and then uh, went back over the states and played on the where did he play the um, Golden State Tour and and played over there. And I think COVID was once again got in the way of you know his ascension in the world of golf, but. By all accounts, uh, talking to um, a couple of guys at work if, with me and around me that have played with and against him in his formative years, uh, a very, very, very good golfer, one of Caddy Snack's uh, um, sponsored athletes. I like Caddy Snack's. Caddy yeah. Snack's sponsored athletes. Um, we might have to put an order in for some Caddy Snack's uh, uh, soon. We need need some of them. Um, but, uh, yeah, that wrapped up. Um, Jed, Jed Morgan f- picked up uh, the, order um, of the Order of Merit. Uh, didn't he that gets it. That gets him a start in the Open, yeah. I think it does. Definitely gets him a. And I think even the US yeah. Open as well. I think they've expanded that. I'm I not think, sure. I think they so. Did. Definitely yeah, gets him. Right. Yeah. Gets a European Tour card. I think the top three get a European Tour card. Oh Dimi, really? Yeah. Demi Papadatos oh. just missed out. Finished fourth. Uh, you got to make less money. Andrew Do- Andrew Dote was third, and um, who was second? Uh, Mike in the order of merit. Do you have it there? I don't know. I just remember Jed Morgan got Jed it. Jed Morgan, um, yeah. Who was second? Who was second? Anyway, come back to me. Um, but anyway, uh, well done to uh, Austin Batista. He seems like a very good young young man and a good young golfer. Good wrestler. <laughs> the Batista. 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 Uh, Rocket loves his wrestling. Um, okay, so we, you know, we were sort of going. We went off on a tangent there. We're you know almost done um, time wise. You mean we stuck to the script? Not really. Um, a couple of housekeeping. A couple of house, no, not housekeeping. Let's talk growing the game. You know, I was sort of segueing into that. You know, these guys have got to do more to grow the game. It's the, I mean, let's not talk about the hackney phrase that is growing the game. But Rocket, you were involved in in what I call genuinely growing the game. We spent a lot of time, an hour, talking about lots of money, players that we don't know, we'll never meet, and the trials and tribulations of what that means in this great game. And people will listen to it. But the real 
nuts and bolts and the meat and potatoes of what the future of this game is, is not with those guys. It's with your guys, the triplets, Rocket. You took them down to Wayne and Lona down at um, Drummer Golf, Virginia. And uh, what happened? You know, you, you tweeted a few pictures about them getting the My Match thing. Of course, if you get into Drummer Golf at the moment, get a My Match fitting and buy eight pieces, uh, could be the... TCB Minwood Lee uh, Callaway set eight pieces you'll get a free wedge the drum and golf people will throw in a free wedge so Rocket took his triplets down there Wayne gave him the, the Wayne gave the kids the my match um, you could probably put the eight pieces together and get a free wedge uh, good luck splitting who gets the free wedge but um, how was it? Oh it was good so the original plan was for Saturday going in and um, and sort of just checking out what to get um, but we, we reserved it for, you know, so they had their lesson again on, 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 on the Sunday morning from nine to 10. And then from there we drove up just it's only another 10, 12 minutes. I think it was to get up to, to Drummond, um, Virginia there. And it was, it was great to see, you know, Wayne and, and Lona in there and, and Wayne was fantastic. And I just said straight out, I'm just, I want to get them their own clubs, Right, because I know that I don't want to spend a lot of money straight off the bat. Because it's one of those things. There's a part of me that was a, a little bit nerdy, and I just wanted to go get them the, the 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 best little kits for everything like that. And I could have easily just dropped seven hundred bucks, and within five weeks they may not like what they're doing. And all I want to do is just give them a couple of clubs that uh, that are theirs, fitted for them, that they can take to the lessons that we're having on on, on the Sunday. So that they're built for them, and they're not relying on the the rental loan equipment and bit of hit and miss from time to time in terms of quality, you know, the length, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so we're picking out trying to get um, like seven iron, seven iron, six iron, and then like wedge for each of them. Get the hopefully get the training grip on on the longer one. So I want them to start to learn, you know, just the, the proper grip. And then, so I think hopefully at the end of this week, I'll be able to pick it up. Wayne was, you know, Wayne was fantastic and funny as well. He was keeping them entertained. I, I, so, actually, I actually didn't know Wayne. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, I, don't, I won't claim to know Wayne very well, but he's a, a newer franchisee in the Drummond Group, um, took over probably three or four years ago and obviously been in Queensland and lockdown. We haven't had meetings and whatever. Um but uh, when he picked up his trophy at Peninsula Kingswood, you can see it there on the hat if you're watching the YouTube, um, for winning the event with 74 for stick around the North course with tuck pins, um, he wanted to let rip with some some of his material. He didn't want to outdo the bogle, who loves to let a bit of material go. But he, I got the impression that Wayne is a very funny oh, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's good. He's good. And especially with my kids as well. So He, um, he did ring me during the week and say uh, – Thank you for uh, sending Rocket and the Triplets down. I listened to the podcast, um, first podcast I've ever listened to, and I uh, cracked a mention on the first one that I've ever, ever listened to, so <laughs> he was wrapped. Um, he did say, what do you want me to do for Rocket? You know, do, do, I, do I need to look after him? I said, oh, don't worry, he's got plenty. He's, he's got plenty. So um, anyway, that was good, good of Wayne to ring me and say thanks for the uh, shout-out and more than welcome. But Oh, no, like for me, it's like they're going to be um, – you know, I'm going to be really particular about the journey because um, there's two parts to it. There's a, there's the selfish part of me just thinking, I just need one of these little rat bags <laughs> to just really fall in love with the game because then that secures me a Saturday morning every week for the rest of my life, right? You know, <laughs> and and other other days and stuff like that where it's like, oh, I've got to take him to golf. Oh, I've got to take him. 
oh, I've got to, oh, we've got to go. We've got to go play here. I just need, I just need a little, I need a little wingman uh, or girl uh, to, to ride, ride the golf journey. If I got all three, that would just be an absolute, absolute blessing. And for me, cause it's, you know, I think about it. It's, there's the selfish part going, well, helps me being able to get to play on weekends and good excuse. But the other thing as well, like I know, I know how much I love the game of golf. Like, you know, just one playing it, spending time with amazing people, you know, the Pete Caridi week, like who wouldn't want to go on Pete Caridi week, like every week, like that's, that's awesome. And so I think the game has given me a lot and I feel like I need to give back in some way. And if that means I'm doing that through my kids and getting them, if they understand or they fall in love with it, I'm not going to like completely push them and turn them into, I'm not going to be Andre Agassi's father, but I want to, I want to take them on a little bit of a journey. And I'm really particular about, I I don't want to be the one that's trying to teach them. I want to, give them probably a better start and take them on the right journey. So whether or not I continue with, with the lessons I've got now, or, you know, I'm thinking about even just, even just the way that, that Wayne was with, with them, you know, do I do something a little bit different because I really want them to, to feel those little moments of joy and improvement that, that they just need to get that little bug where it's like, they just hit that one shot where they go, I want to do that again and chase it. And that's what, that's what golf is. It's that one shot that brings you back every week like a drug and will do that for the rest of your life. And then everything else that, that surrounds the game um, flows on from there. And then still, you know, I use this corny line is that, you know, golf is actually so much like just life in general, right? It is, it is not fair. It is absolutely not fair. That is why you should never get relief from divots. <clears throat> It's another topic, um, you know, and, and it's 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 an honor system. The game is an honor system, and it's all about you know. You, there's more hard times than good times. You're going to hit more bad shots than good shots, and it's just learning about persistence, um, treating people correctly, and treating the game with respect. I could waffle on forever, really. You know, as someone said to me the other day, thirty minute conversation with Rocket is forty five minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got, I, I get that. Um, well, good on you for getting the triplets involved. And, you know, uh, just something you don't know, uh, one of our number one ticket holders uh, shared between uh, Mr. Milov of Golf, um, M- M- Murray Flanagan, and uh, probably the real number one ticket holder is Marie uh, Heron down there in uh, Tassie. Uh, she did send me a little picture with oh, um, yes. with a little, with a little picture of you, the frog, uh, and his junior. I don't know if it was the north or the south. Represented he represented the whole state, half of it at one time or other. Um, yeah, sent me a little picture that was, of you. Uh, that was um, um, pennant from um, that was country pennant, so from where I grew up. So the team team we had our club jumper, and I had to get one specifically made because they didn't have a size small enough in um, normal. And um, and then everyone was having, I think some people started to have their nicknames or I wanted to have my nickname on it. So I was originally given the nickname because I had a love for the shark. I was originally given the nickname Tadpole and that was by from Doug Murray, who was a professional at um, Tasmania Golf Club. And uh, 
and then yeah, I think it got to the point where I was about thirteen, and I graduated to the to the frog. <laughs> um, so, oh, there you go. And this, so that 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 actually that became was that was my nickname for a while, and that was on on the on the arm of one of my one of my um, jumpers and pennant jumpers, and it was stayed like that for at least a fair while. So, well, if yeah, I, if um, I knew that story, uh, but if you are one of the many listeners that have come to the Mile Love of Golf podcast at 150 episodes, 180 episodes in, but you've just joined us and you were questioning, I'm not questioning, you were wondering how this young man got the savant-like knowledge around the shark. Well, he was even nicknamed after the shark as a young whippersnapper representing country <laughs> Tasmania in pennant. Um, but anyway, back to the point, um, your, your mum was very, very proud of you for getting uh, the triplets involved and she's a very proud uh, grandparent down there in uh, Tasmania. Um, yeah. Just while we're talking about uh, kids and, and that sort of thing, just another little bit of housekeeping. Just a shout-out to my son who uh, rang us uh, before we went to air. Uh, he was just um, talking about his uh, interview, solo interview, with one of the iconic men in Australian football, soccer football. Uh, my son's a very passionate football commentator and um, budding journalist. He had the opportunity to interview John Aloisi. So, Lockie Flanagan, well done. Um, keep up the great work. If you want to, if you are a football fan and listen to uh, the podcast in the UK or Australia or America, um, and you want to hear from the guy that kicked that penalty goal that secured Australia's entry back into the World Cup in uh, 2006. 2006. Uh, well, Lockie Flanagan is interviewing John Aloisi for Only Western... to be robbed by those dirty Italians. For Western United, uh, and you can see that on the Western United website. It'll be up there tomorrow. A um, little bit of housekeeping for me. Oh, I'm sitting cross-legged. You can see uh, there, um, if you're watching on the YouTube, that's the new Under Armour Hover SL Pro 2. I've been testing these out and making a little video for Drum and Golf TV. I'm actually decked uh, top to toe in um, Under Armour at the moment. Jordan has it, has, it co- has it caused you to start doing like this, that weird like, no, no. thing in your backswing or anything like I, that? Is I, it, look like jo- that? I look like Jordan Spieth, only in dress only, uh, not in golf okay. swing only, but uh, it's all top to toe Under Armour today. But the new Hover SL2s, spikeless show, very lightweight and uh, really enjoy um wearing those at the moment. I'll give them a run on Thursday afternoon, 12.08, with uh, Go the Blues, the great man Sam Doherty and I are taking to the fairways of uh, Peninsula Kingswood. What else six have we... And, six yeah. and two Blues, right? Yeah, we're back. Um, and uh, so that's a bit of housekeeping there. What else have we got, uh, Mike? Um, I worked out how to get the subscribers of the YouTube channel. We promised yep. cheese when we got to 150. We're at 155 or something like that. It's please keep jumping on because once you get to 200, we've got more cheese. Um, we're having the King Island giveaway. I've worked out how to uh, get the names of the su- subscribers. I'm yep. going to hand that over to you. You are going to draw that. And then we are giving away the the cheese and the accoutrements that go with the King Island cheese, the La Goulet. That was great, the La Goulet. Um, and what else? Do we have another giveaway last week? Uh, I think you were made. So I've Jer- got something to give away. Um, uh, who's getting that? Is that? Is is Loach getting anything? No, it wasn't Loach. I did. I did. There was only a handful of people that entered, but mm. it was actually PK that came out. So, oh, Phil, oh. Phil won. So <laughs> he's got. I'm he's, sure got this. he's got the name of the hat. When uh, he does, he can well, message me his um his address, and I'm really sending him some um, something in the mail. He hasn't. He hasn't won anything for a while. The last twenty four hours. Oh really? <clears throat> oh, he's been entering he's, more and more. He's a giveaway king. Good. He loves it. Oh, that's he, well. He, that's what happens. He entered it. I put all the names in the little spinning wheel, and he was the one that came up. He's he's 
we might have to get uh, PK on and give us a rundown, uh, a, a laundry list of what he has won by um, subscri- like, sharing, subscribing. Um, there you go. Uh, okay. So what does he get? The Lagalette? Yeah. I'll find him something. Okay. Yeah, I don't know where they've got those, to be honest, but they'll have something. Okay. Mr. Lotes wanted, uh, wanted one of the rocketisms on a T-shirt, so we'll, we'll, we'll craft that up. You want, want that? Yes. Uh, tips this week, gents? I don't even know. They haven't got the uh, uh, the um, the list of the players out yet uh, for us to have, for me to where have a look you at. Look? You said that last week. Where where are you looking? Where think, on the um... little thing called Google sits on the computer here. Most people in the world sort of somewhat familiar with it. Okay, well I'll go to, to the PGA Tour website, which is where they have um, the players' names. Oh, okay. if, you, if you're looking for them, yeah, um, <laughs> I'm, I've got them on ban. No, the uh, it's the uh, Byron Nelson this week. So we're going from TPC Potomac to TPC Craig Ranch. Um, T Nelson Ranch. Craig T. Nelson Ranch. Um, yeah, it's a – I don't know. Don't know. don't know what to feel about this week, to be honest. All the numbers, all the data says Justin Thomas is going to smash them. Um, but I don't know whether he's going to – he's not going to be my pick because I've already had him. Um, but the guys that are on the top of the list, uh, Justin Thomas, Sam Burns, Hideki, Xander, Taylor Gooch, Luke List, Jordan Spieth, Joaquin Neiman, Scotty Scheffler, and Mark Leishman are the top 10 in the data lake. Um, and so I will be finding my pick out of there at the moment. I think I'll probably go with Leish, to be honest, even though he was no good last week. Uh, but the people that are in the market for overall, as in people that you, the people the people might be looking at, I think Scotty Scheffler is the one that most people like. Um, Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas, obviously, uh, Jordan Spieth, Sam Burns, Dustin Johnson, Kepka, uh, Hadwin, Adam Scott, Cam Champ, the other Cam, Johnny Vegas, Jason Kokrak, Jason Day. Jason Day had, some, had played some very good golf last week. He's he's finding form at the right time, which is good. Be good to see him go um, play well at the PGA. Uh, Brian Harmon, Aaron Wise, Seamus Powers back. Jason yeah. Jason Kokrak's going to get a President's Cup spot. I think Jason Kokrak's biggest problem with getting a President's Cup spot is if he goes and plays in Saudi Arabia. I don't know. He's got a high chance of doing. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it'll be. I think that'll be uh, when they go to the President uh, the President's Cup, <laughs> uh, unless he finishes in the auto picks, which I don't know that he'll finish that high. I don't think they'll be letting him be. <laughs> Sorry, just sort yeah. of throw that in. Um, very good. Oh, it's a good field. Solar field? Yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, look, next week's the PGA, so next mm. week's the big week. Uh, so anyone who wants to have their warm-up week, they it's have week. to be in Yeah, that's why some of these are playing this week, right? They're just trying to get some reps. Yep. That's why Brooks is playing. He wouldn't play this event if the PGA wasn't wasn't lined up. And yeah, that's, no, the problem is that, you know, they've compressed so many majors into such a small window. <clears throat> it's like four weeks between majors. So all of yep. a sudden they don't. They don't play these events between the majors. So it's like major, take take a break, yep. play one event, major. And they added that such a ma- massively compressed period through the match play and the masters and the players and there was no time off. So that's yep. why we've been a pretty lean fields uh, probably the last three weeks. You know, that Mexico event, the Pairs event, they're rubbish. Rocket, yeah. um, do you know much about the, the course? No. Nah. No. Nah. Because no, they moved here, it was never or never here. It was somewhere else. No, it used to be um, uh, La Colonas Tipis, like um, was it? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of that. That was a suburb. I'm trying to remember the course. Yeah, um, it was a. 
wherever it was, they were there for a long time. Yeah. Right. Um, that where I'm thinking of, but I can't remember where it is. I was yeah. impressed. I hadn't really seen TPC Potomac. Uh, I was impressed with the look of that course from what yeah, the little, the little I saw. La Colonna Sports Club. Okay. All right. It was there from uh, oh, TPC La Colonna till '93, and I think they moved it to somewhere else, didn't they? It's not saying the venue. Trinity Forest. Okay. Well, oh yeah, it moved there, and they that's the players got the got the brace and bits because it played a bit firm and weird, and they had to. Right, no, do some late shots. No. Um, Mike, anything more from you? Mm. In general? Mm. Have we got Rockets pick? I'm picking no. I'm not picking oh, it. I, I'm not picking to, it. I, I need okay. to have a look. I need to have a think. No, the only things I had over and above were uh, Scotty Chef. I had a little practice round for the PGA next week, last Thursday. Anyone want to guess? He's already come out and said, before he went on this run, he came out and said that was his favorite course in the USA. Yeah. What do you reckon he shot, Rocket? Six under. 63. 64. Good going. So 64, which is why right now he's the red hot favorite. He's a world number one, but he's the, the uh, odds makers have tweaked his number. And the other number for the week that everyone needs to know is Shipnuck's book. Did you see oh, what? Yes, that's about Phil, to come out. Did you see what the, he's reporting Phil has lost on the punt in between 2010 and 2014? 10, 10 mil? More. More. More than ten million. Yeah, more than ten million. Twenty. Like Thirty to forty. Forty million wow. in four years. Yeah, that makes the best. That's good going. That's nearly how much I lost on Keegan last weekend. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, how many min? How, how many min woos would you have picked up had Keegan saluted? It was about two and a two, nearly two and a half min woos. Wow. Yeah. Someone asked me, "What is a min woo?" A min woo is a mythical number. <laughs> that's right. That's pretty much it. A min woo is a number. Yeah, that's we a, should, hey, we should create some My Love of Golf crypto <laughs> and call it a min, a min woo. woo. Have you seen crypto today? We don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> hey, start low. It's, it's, it's a bit of a trend low. here. Um, it's, it's, uh, at, at the end of the day, it's not important how much a min woo is. At that's the end right. of the day, if you bet $1 and you win 10 bucks, you've had a bloody great day. And that's and if, all that matters. And if that is your min woo, and that's the that increment that that's the increment that you multiply, that's yeah. uh, that's your version of a min woo. Exactly. My, Mike's min woo, I think, is a little bit more than ten bucks, but um, it was. It I, was. I love and the fact that we were with that. Obviously, not having discussed that or planned that, someone no. did ask me. I said, oh, "I don't think I can answer that. I think I've got an idea, but I'm not really sure." It and is legal. T- it is legal tender, and I'm not sure that I want. If I did know, is. if I did know what it is, um, I don't think I want to answer because that's it, the, that's the beauty of it. All that matters is the people just need to know that the Morikawa, the Morikawa is about two and a half Minwoo's, <laughs> and, and a Minwoo is a Minwoo. And what was the other one we had? There was one oh. more that's I can't remember what it was anymore, but that's effectively it was about half a Minwoo. <laughs> a Morikawa. We we haven't really talked about. Uh, we, no, the Morikawas don't come around very like, often. No. We have to get no, some special no. special music pr- plugged in for uh, a Morikawa. In it, they both. Uh, yeah. Anyway, there we go. Um, well, good luck uh, with all of uh, everything that you've got going on, uh, both of you. Any golf on the horizons for you, Mike? No. Nah, my back's been cactus the last month. I'm on holidays. Okay, Rocket. I think I know your answer. No, no, no golf on the horizon. No, nah, not in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Well, uh, I'll um, 
I'll uphold the uh, the golf duties for the week and report back in next week when we see you all again in the lead up to uh, it'll be the PGA preview next week. So looking forward Giddy to up. looking forward to a full digestion of Mike's data and uh, we'll see what's happened this week. Until then, enjoy your golf and uh, we'll see you we'll see you next week. And don't forget like, share, subscribe, do all the wonderful stuff. If you've done that already, do it again or tell someone, share someone with uh, the work that we do because we love it and that's why we keep coming back. We'll see you next week. Bye.